I, I get the feeling we're going to have um, Winston's try to jump Hanzo's now. Well, they, not like they have it in the past. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Welcome to the Omnic Weekly, the Overwatch podcast that is wall riding for the coming hour. This is episode 15. I'm D, and this week I'm joined by Hannah. Hi! By LP. You know what it is. <laughs> and we have a special guest today. We have Grayson from Lupine Productions with us. Hello, hello! Hey, hello. welcome, man. Welcome on to the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm excited. All right, we've been talking over, you did an interview with us, we've been talking several times in the past few months, and it's really awesome to have you here um, on board for our podcast. How is everybody doing? I hear a lot of snotting, snottering, is there a decent word for that, snottering? Is that an, uh, actually an English word? Never heard of that before. Yeah, That's well, for let's, me. Yeah, let's, same make, here. let's make it one. I'll send in a suggestion. Uh, to make it run, but I, I hear a lot of mucus. I guess the pollen season has started, and we're all yeah. about to die. It, well, it's upon us. I've been silenced all week. It's been awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll survive. We'll all get through it. <laughs> all right, let's start with the news of the week. Leave this to a professional. And it has been an interesting week for sure. Uh, no big content drops on the live servers, but the PTR servers are on fire. Ooh, we got a list today. We really yeah. do. I hope you, everyone's ready. <laughs> Start taking notes. Uh, yesterday, just about the time that I was thinking of going to bed, which is typical. That's the way Blizzard rolls. They're just watching me over my webcam going, yeah, the motherfucker is going to bed. Let's kick <laughs> it. Let's roll. Let's roll, and then they, they push a PTR update. Um, the big update that we've all been waiting for, the Hanzo rework. They know how to drop the hammer. I'll tell you they that. They do. <laughs> they do. So the last we heard, uh, we knew they were going to change. Uh, Hanzo, they were fed up with the scat arrow, like many of us. Like about everybody except for the Hanzo mains, maybe. Um and they had been talking about this rapid fire ability that they want to introduce, and it got a name. The name is uh, it escapes me for the moment. Hannah, help me out. Storm arrow. Storm arrow, that's the one. Um, so I hopped into PTR yesterday and tried it, and it looks and it feels pretty awesome. Have you guys tried it already? Yeah, I, I, I not had a chance to yet. Like I had a yeah. look at your video, and it looks terrifying. Um, yeah, Hannah's word. Apparently, I use that a lot. I realized recently, I use the word terrifying to describe any buff. <laughs> well, in, in all things, good or bad, or you know, <laughs> changes to Overwatch are pretty terrifying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Mercy, case in point, it's always terrifying, and now it's just commonplace when she gets changed. So you know, eventually, it it does get worked out. <laughs> yeah, we get used to it. It gets better over time. But if you get a May buff, it's terrifying. That I can't. Oh, yeah. That's the one and only. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> I did get to see the uh, XQC at Raxu stream yesterday, so they were kind of like showing around the abilities, and I got to be honest with you, it's looking kind of scary, but we're going to have a very aggressive Hanzo nowadays. Yeah. 
he's really mobile. He's really aggressive. It's a, a really new Hanzo in a way. And uh, I've seen a lot of positive reactions. A lot of people that are uh, enthusiastic about these changes and looking forward to see him in a live environment. Um, I, I tried it out, as you can see in the movie, but the damage was not clear to me. What were you going to say, Grayson? I, I think it's going to be a good thing. Uh, there's too many times on comp when I'm playing with their, you know, rando or two, and they're always just like insta-locking Hanzo <laughs> when we need to like clearly be more like offensive, you know, on a payload or something. And I think having a more aggressive Hanzo is really going to help that for like those insta-lockers out there who just refuse to switch. Yep. Yeah. Should I give the technical rundown? Of yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. So first of all. His standard shot, so just the, the primary fire from his bow and arrow, the damage per arrow has gone up from 85 to 100. Um, which wow. by itself is uh, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, his sonic arrow, so the one that kind of lets you see um, behind walls and stuff, the cooldown for that has gone down from 20 seconds to 12. Um, but the kind of to balance that they've made it so it only lasts for six seconds instead of ten and they've also mm-hmm. reduced the radius that it shows so you have to be like a lot closer to the arrow to actually be seen um, but again they all point towards like a very aggressive yeah a much it, more aggressive play that's style. that's the really good thing I've, I've noticed about the new ability is that it does give you like a couple seconds of like you know what's when it's coming like the Stormbro animation is coming so get ready get messed up to run <laughs> because storm arrow will fire six shots incredibly quickly and all of them will be automatically at full power so he'll have like his maximum range um, with each full fire shot. Um, thankfully, there'll be at reduced damage, but they didn't specify what the number was. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's like half damage or if it's like seventy five percent damage. Um, but six shots is is still painful. Yeah. You're dead. That's yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a couple of those as hit as headshots, and you're dead. Um, six shots, even at 50 damage, is still, like, 300. I was shooting at lamps yesterday, so it's hard to tell how much damage they did, because lamps don't really give any feedback when you hit them. No, but, they uh, don't cry in pain or anything. No, they don't. But it looked really... The arrows go where they need to go. If if you're too close to Hanzo at the, point, at the moment that he's using it, just say goodbye. Say your prayers and... <laughs> it's done and over with I mean it kind yeah. of it, it makes sense because he's supposed to be like this expert and I know scatter was kind of cool but it takes a lot of practice to be able to fire arrows that quickly so uh, scatter was never cool I'm sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> think about like it as an engineering concept to have an arrow that on impact like mm-hmm. splits like that and still be strong enough to keep bouncing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. From a gameplay standpoint, not so much. Yeah, especially not at the receiving end. Yeah. But now we're at the point that we know that every time you get killed by a scatter arrow now, you can just type, last call, last time you did that, man. <laughs> really, say goodbye. And the next time he'll kill you with six rapid arrows, which is, well, you're still dead. 
But uh, I'm curious to see on the, there will be tuning for sure. I think he's slightly, as always, slightly overpowered at this point, and there will be some tuning. But I guess we'll see him in li live service in a few yeah. weeks. Yeah, it did. It, yeah. it was, it was um, not not really clear at first how I had to use it because you have to double tap your spacebar, which yeah, wasn't... I think they said you have to do it while you're airborne. Yeah, I just double tapped, so I guess I was I was in the air at that point, and because yeah. I used my spacebar, he jumped back and forward. Uh, the the distance like nice, that he does. Yeah, is it a nice distance? Yeah, it's okay. It's good enough. You know, it won't help you. It's not. It, I think it's the same distance as a blink. So that, uh, oh, the blink okay. That, uh, that I, I get the feeling we're gonna have um, Winston's try to jump Hanzo's now. Well, they, not like they have it in the past. Yeah. But they're going to be able to <laughs> step everything. back <laughs> with the lunge and then just go in for that nice rapid six arrows into the Winston Dome. Yeah, can you imagine the brother story that is ready to happen there? A Genji that uses his ultimate and starts going all angry and he just leaps back and then whoop, 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 whoop. bye, brother. I, know. I think it makes them more even because they're supposed to be like and they're supposed to, in lore-wise, he's supposed to be slightly better. Yeah, the older brother. I mean, he did win the life or death fight. He um. did. <laughs> that is clear. He's not but made up of really uh, cybernetics. But I always found it that Genji had this double jump, and then Hanzo didn't have something to match. Yeah, the wall climb wasn't really the same thing. No, because they can both wall climb, so it doesn't really make a difference. No, indeed. Are but they now they skilled? both have a, an extra mobility thing. Yeah. That's kind of scary, though. I mean, now I guess you could say they might be a little bit more evenly skilled, you know? So now the better brother, the better player, will uh, succeed that kill. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I hear a comic incoming or something. The better oh, that would be so cool. brother. <laughs> All right. But so we had Hanzo that was added. Um, Added. He wasn't added. He was there all along, but it was changed dramatically, um, and will be on the live service in a few weeks. LP, did you see what they did to Lucio, my friend? Yes. What? They're both Lucio mains. <laughs> so for us, that was uh, and and uh, I think we're not the only ones that uh, use uh, Lucio a lot. Grayson just told me that he he tends to use Lucio once in a while too. Hey, mm -hmm. if I could give you a high five, that'd be right. Woo! <laughs> Boom. Podcast um, high five. Yay. If, if, if there's a payload, and I'm, most of the time I'm like my uh, my competitive team, I'm their, their healer, um, then I'll be Lucio if there's a payload about 95% of the time. The choice. <laughs> I'm Lucio 100% uh, of the time. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's like 99.9. True, true. The I've 15... seen your 15 minute playtime on Zenyatta. Yes. <laughs> Heresy. Lucio on like uh, 50, 15 hours at this point. But, um, you know, there, there is something interesting about this buff, um, which is the wall ride around corners, smoother wall ride, uh, the jump and return to the wall. So that I think that this is something interesting we're going to see. With uh, Lucio mm -hmm. players, I think we might see a little bit of rise in Lucio's numbers. Um, but then I kind of fear that my insta-locking Lucio is just going to be a little bit like harder for me. I so. think so. Yeah, I me. mean, like I've had a little look online to see what the general community thinks. And there seems to be kind of like a split down the middle 
says, oh my god, Lucio's going to be so much easier to use, yeah. I can't wait to play him more. <laughs> and then um, I follow a few people who kind of play him really well, um, and, you know, they're like top 500s with their Lucio, and they're just like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Because um, there's this worry that Lucio's sort of like skill level has dropped, and so it's making them look less cool. <laughs> and kind of negating the hours and hours and hours that they've put into like perfecting Lucio as he is. Yeah. I I think that they've added uh the Lucio training wheels a little bit, but I haven't played him yet, so I can't really say. I... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, a typical reaction, but it will be okay. I think there will still be a huge difference between skilled Lucio players and just yeah, the, the less skilled, let's call it that. Well, the exact same thing was said to Mercy. Was said about Mercy when she was reworked. And... Yeah, but that's a different story. That's 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 not open that. That's kind not of open again. that can. But that was yeah. that was such a sad, sad time. Uh, yeah, we so many tears. Didn't we? <laughs> but but scars they don't heal as fast as you think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I was a straight up Mercy main before those, but like like you said, it's we're not going to get into that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that plenty of times. Uh, one other change. Let you touch the can and then put it back on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. yeah. In the dark where it belongs. Uh, <laughs> one other change that is really interesting is the ammo for Soundwave. The boop was removed, so it's no longer needed uh, uh, ammo, which is awesome because you don't want to know how many times I was ready to boop someone and it was shooting and not watching how many bullets I still had and was like, hey, I'm on oh shit. I have to reload. Yep. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. It's kind of unfair because it's on a cooldown anyway, so why do you need to pay for it twice? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you still you have to manage your cooldown, which is okay because the cooldown on it uh it's really easy, but indeed that, that bullet cost was, was a pain in the ass sometimes. So uh, for me as a Lucio main, uh, as a Lucio fanboy, I'm I'm okay with this. Uh bring it on. I'm looking forward to using this on live. Another character that got, uh, got some changes, and the, the next few characters are nerfs, I'm afraid, so a lot of tears will be flowing. Um, Kenji uh, was nerfed. His uh, hitbox, his deflect hitbox was made smaller. Yes. Which is okay. Yeah, I guess. again, they didn't say exactly, like, the devs didn't say exactly by how much. They just said that they've basically tightened it around his character model. Yeah. So he'll no longer hmm. deflect things that wouldn't have hit him. Yeah, it's more, Basically. it's logical. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, the Genji deflect hitbox was like Orion shield sometimes. It felt like that. It was just massive. Mm. So. <laughs> I know, when you're, I'm not even aiming at you, Genji. Why are you able to deflect what I'm firing? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't something that I really noticed, but I guess it, it was there. So uh, I don't think that'll make a huge difference. Um, Junkrat. Players um, will need to aim again. They'll need to aim a little better than they did before. Um, the small projectiles uh, were the, the projectiles for the primary fire, uh, fire were made smaller. Yeah, by like uh, it's mm. a really tiny amount. It's like point two or something. Um, yeah. But apparently, it, you do notice it. You do yeah. have to aim a bit more. 
I've been on the receiving end of, of those those little things bouncing around, thinking, oh crap, I need to get out of here, but I, I know that I'm going to die anyway because the splash damage or the, the way that they hit me is so big. So it was sometimes it was kind of frustrating, this, so this should help. Yeah. Uh, and Junkrat, having to aim is never a bad thing, I think. Well, like no, it, like a lot of the time you can just stand somewhere high and just fire in the general direction yeah. of the payload mm-hmm. and you know you'll do some damage. Indeed. Uh, don't think of some criticism of people calling him a, a zero-skill character. They bring him to some skill character. Yeah. Riptire was made slower from 13 to 12, um, which is on top of the last changes where they already made him. They made the Riptire slower before, right? They, they, they sped it up. <laughs> oh, did they? So, a couple of updates ago, I can't remember when, I think it was before I joined, um, like, before I joined OP, uh, where they they made it faster and they kind of smoothed out the wall climbing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a few people who like to play Junkrat and they said it was an absolute nightmare at first because it felt like you couldn't control the... <laughs> The Riptire yeah. is easily anymore because suddenly it was so fast and it was so mobile. Um, and when I told my wife that that was the case, that it had now been nerfed, she was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming from someone who the plays air. Junkrat. <laughs> yeah, we have a few Junkrat mains on the crew. We're not going to call them the name. Talk about mm-hmm. Big. Trash um, bag. <laughs> indeed. Alright, and the last one is the one that I saw the most response to. The most tears flowed for Tracer. For <gasps> Tracer. I know! I had no idea this was coming. Yeah, Gosh. nobody did. Like, none. Yeah. She was the poster child for Overwatch. Nothing was supposed to touch the Tracer. Everyone yeah, thought exactly. she and Genji were untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> yeah, so Pulse Bomb was reduced from 400 damage to 300, which is which is a substantial nerf. Um, yeah, that's a quarter of her damage just gone. I think that and the, also uh, I think that Zarya might be slightly depressed about this too. Yeah, she has one less. Well, I think 300 <laughs> is still okay, but they'll feel it. They'll feel it. Um, one of the reasons that they swap, uh, swip, swap. Blah, blah. One of the reasons that they switched over to 300 was because of the potential, like, tanks that were just getting harassed yeah. by this. And I kind of felt, I kind of felt the tanks on this. It was just so, so bad. Just getting pulse bomb. You're like, well, goodbye. Gonna was, get one clipped right after. Was this another change because of the league? <laughs> you know, like we were Ooh, saying that we thought Lucy, um, that Zenyatta's nerf came in because yeah. of the yeah. league. I think this is more for everybody that it plays in the league. It will have an effect in the league for sure. But I think in casual, just in quick play and in and, and competitive, it was a it was a thing all around. But I think Zenyatta requires just a little more skill. This is just yeah. ticking a bomb. Let's be honest. I don't know. I'm useless. So I still don't have the uh, special delivery achievement as Racer. It, it still takes down the squishies. Pretty much every squishy in the game. But I think well, yeah, because they've only got two hundred health. So. It, Heroes that might not be as lucky, obviously, like a full health. Well, heroes that get saved are a full health Zarya and Arissa. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, we'll see where if it ends up on the on live service because remember this is PTR. Yes, everything it's we not just confirmed. said. It's still in yeah. testing, so it might still change. One last thing that they added in the PTR is the new escort map. 
Rialto. So the map that we've been playing for the last two weeks during the Retribution event as a daylight version with a, a payload that you have to push forward. Uh, I did a quick uh, fly through of the map. Um, it's eight years later. Still a lot of Omnic, um, uh, yeah, well, how do you call them, workers repairing a lot of stuff. It seems that we did a lot more damage than we thought if they take eight years to repair everything. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one awesome thing that they added is the head office of Talon. So that one a huge table with all the chairs that we see in the comic is added to that. It wasn't in the in the Retribution map. Um, with a huge Talon logo on the wall. Yeah. There have been some Ooh. upgrades to the map. Uh, some small things that changed. Some things that you know that they just removed for Retribution because it would make it too difficult to get all the NPCs in there. You know that little harbor that you have where the the drop the, la- the two dropships that land and two ships that come by full of yeah. it, uh, talent soldiers? Well, now there are these walls in front of that little harbor that weren't there during the Retribution mission. And I thought, yeah, of course, because by finding that sniper that's in the group, well, there are walls everywhere. But some small little updates, and it feels really summery, really cozy, romantic with all the little boats and the canals and stuff. I've seen the little Omnic gondola people, and they're apparently adorable. Yeah, they are. They look so cute with their little hats and their little stripy shirts. They are like the butlers, but just on a boat. That's that's about it. I know, but their outfits. Yeah, they look amazing. Stylish. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a Venice for sure, and and if you fly into that's something like I love that in Blizzard World. So there's something behind the scene. You have the map, and the surroundings of the map are alive. There are things happening. Um, that's something that they added in uh, Blizzard World. So you can see that roller coaster in the back and stuff. And again, here you see a lot of activity way in the back going on, more than let's say uh, Volskaya. You have the robots that are moving in the background and some small things. This really feels more alive. Um, I wonder if someone is able to die by pushing them under one of those boats. Probably. Cars and, and the races. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they'll drown. Oh my god. They need to find a new icon. Racer drowned. <laughs> so that's about it. I have to say one thing about Rialto. Um, yeah. I had the impression that Venice was a little bit more of a closed area. So I, w- I was thinking we were kind of getting something more along the lines of like a, a King's Row kind of map, something that's a little more tight and narrow. A lot of a lot of people have been asking for something like that because of like the last dropping Blizzard World, it was being so open and all the high grounds, you know, the comps for uh, like Zarya Rhine are a little bit more difficult to play in that instance. So yeah, uh, no, it's not. Of- it's not the, the. It's really. It's not like. A- and uh, I just forgot the name of the map. Help me out. Just said it. King's Row. King's Row, yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, it's, just, it's the mucus. It's, one, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, uh, it's not open, but uh, I think it's uh, difficult. I think it's not that easy to build a map like it did with King's Row. Uh, it's a lot of, of uh, really tuning and searching. And that was the first map that was in the game, so... They had a lot of time to fix it. But then, uh, oh no, wait, I was going to say that's the end of the PTR update, but no, as Blizzard not. does... No, they released a second <coughs> set of, of patch yeah. notes because they just forgot to put them in the first block. 
I think they had they are having too much to drink there or something. Something is happening at the Blizzard HQ. Well, maybe they're all just as mucusy as we are. Yeah, possibly. I think that's it. Okay, tell yeah. us, Hannah, what happened? What did they okay, do with the additional so, notes? Um, I'll talk about Lucio first because they did miss something off <laughs> when talking about all the Lucio changes. Um, I think this is kind of to counter his mobility because they've reduced the boost that he gets while wall riding so it's gone from like 2.5 to 2 yeah so he's like a yeah. smidge slower mm-hmm. but he still gets a boost from that wall ride we said it last week if you play it really well you be- you are able to go from one end to the map or the other in like mere seconds and now wall it's ride. a mere yeah. second and a bit yeah indeed <laughs> you'll be able to do more wall rides so the the multiplier will work better, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's still, so they, it'll still kind be fast. Of slowed that down a bit. Um, but they've added a nerf to Brigitte! Which was to be expected. And yeah. I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> she yeah. is in a very strong position at the moment. Um, the thing that they've nerfed is her shield bash, which I'm so grateful for. They've basically reduced like the the cone of damage. So like if you're caught within this set radius, um, in this set angle, then it counts as a hit. And what they've done is they've reduced that from ninety degrees to sixty degrees. So they've reduced it by a third. Um, which means she'll have to aim a lot more precisely to catch you. And hopefully hopefully it eases her up a bit. Because I am so sick of being done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people will, uh, will uh, agree with you. Um, yeah, adding some nerves that uh, have you, well, that force you to aim a little better and work a little better are not that bad. They're okay. Yeah, I... When you still can do the same thing, just you have to aim and not aim like, just like a, a moron, roll your face over your keyboard. That's okay for me. <laughs> It's quite a nice balance update, to be honest, especially with the changes that they made to the live servers last week. If this goes in nice and quickly, it'll be a very different game to what we were playing at the start of the year. And yeah, I think I, it'll be for the better. You're going yeah. to say LP? I was going to say the Brigitte nerf. Uh, I'm actually really glad that... I, I know this might be a very controversial opinion, but I think that it's very... It's very. I'm very glad that they they waited to put her in competitive after a while. Like they didn't just jump the gun and put her out a week after release. I'm glad oh, they got a chance to work on these kind of things and like make sure that she's ready. Because if they just released her straight into comp, I'd be whew, I'd be bouncing off walls as Lucio. <laughs> yeah, I think they have a reason that they do that. Uh, take your time. Take your time. Test it on us, and then. Uh, Put it in a comp the day that it's ready. All right, so that finally concludes all the PTR updates. That was a huge patch. A lot of things changed. Uh, let's see in a few weeks how it all ends up in game and what a difference it will make. Uh, something that was in that same patch but that was not meant to be in there was a total uh, overhaul of the Lunar Colony map. It has been one of those maps that people complain about a lot, not the most... Uh, not the favorite map. Let's just call it that. A lot of people it's when they end up in the favorite comp- map. Uh, you're not the only one. There's a lot of people if they see that loading screen appear, they go, "Oh shit!" Yeah! <laughs> 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 that, that's uh, that's about it. Yeah. 
So will favor us today. <laughs> they are working on a on a new lunar colony map, um, an update of the map actually, and uh, for some reason it accidentally was added to the PTR. Accidentally is really funny. Air yeah, air quotes indeed. Uh, I've seen the small movie clip. I haven't had. I don't know if it's still in there or they removed it. I was out coughing all day, so I need to check it. But I saw a small video of how it looks now, and it looks really different. A lot of doors were removed. A lot of doors were play, uh, put on other places. There were some stairs added. They really thought, which are the places that we want to emphasize and give uh, a strategic um, uh, benefit to, to, to the attacking or the defending team. They really uh, seem to have... I made some hard decisions, uh, some entry points to the first uh, point have been changed dramatically. So that one hallway, it's really difficult to explain, of course. But yeah, if you look at the, the first uh, checkpoint to the right, you had that small hallway where there was a health pack. You so could many go into... hallways. <laughs> yeah, but wait, wait. It's where uh, Winston's bedroom was. Yeah, one yeah, of yeah. The side rooms, yeah. So that one door was removed and put to the side. So if you want to get in there, you can't just sneak in there. You'll really have to go in the middle of the map and, and try and get into that side passage. And just a lot of stuff has been moved and uh, shoved around. But they said they weren't ready with all the things they were doing. It was still in the internal testing. So be careful. Don't get your hopes up. It might still change a lot in the coming few weeks. I, I think that Horizon was really meant to be a Widowmaker map, like 100% it was meant to be a sniping map, and I'm really excited for the League to have their sniper duels right now, like, oh, this is going to be great. I know! All that nice little cover, and <laughs> the one thing I am kind of scared for, though, is that they have that little hallway on the right side, and I think they've managed to make it a little more compact, so these junk rat mains, it's just going to make you guys look a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. no, just Even with the PTR nerf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a, was one thing that, that stood out for me in a movie, but I'm not sure, uh, well, since they didn't comment on it officially, um, it kind of looked like there was a path that was made for a payload. So at first I was thinking, are they going to make it into a hybrid map? But I don't know. might be one of the ideas that they were playing with. And they did not end up using, or they might end up making it a hybrid map. Yeah, see, I suppose that's the thing. It could be like, um, if it's just an internal testing, it could either be something that's left over from an idea that didn't work, or something that they're going to try. We just, we just mm -hmm. don't know. Would be interesting to see that. Yeah. But we'll find out soon enough. Um, I don't think still... we need any more hybrid maps. <laughs> Still very funny that they accidentally do stuff like that. Sneaky, sneaky <laughs> bastard. Accidentally uh, buffing Hanzo as well. All right. Yeah, indeed. Accidentally. <laughs> um, okay, two more points before we go over to our small interview with Grayson. Um, because he has to go soon. Uh, they're adding a new Figma figure for Reaper. So if you have money to spend, go for it. It looks awesome. I like the way it looks. Uh, not a big fan of all the Figma figures. I don't know if you guys ever bought one or considered buying one. Um, I've bought uh, one for a friend, but not for myself. I almost bought the Diva one until I saw the price tag. <laughs> and then I didn't. 
that's indeed. Now, what, what I like about the Figma figures is that they're so poseable. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. The thing about them. Mm. They need to come out with a Lucio or Anna, and I'll be right there. If they do do an dough. Anna, I hope she comes with a tea, like with a teacup accessory. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice idea. Right, but so if you have any money to spend, I don't know whether it will be released, uh, but it will be soon. I guess you'll be able to pre-order it soon. And then the last one was a funny one. We we talked about it last week, how awesome it would be to be able to play with NPCs in an arcade mode and blah, blah, blah. And what would happen this week, there was this. Korean players that discovered uh, an exploit, a hack. It was never really clear what they did, but you could be you could play with the, uh, the talent-heavy well, actually, with any NPC, with a balloon, the robots, the training bots. Yeah. yeah, you could play as a junk rat's wheel. But one example that they did was use the heavy, the talent heavy, and we were just talking about that last week. It would be so awesome to play with the talent heavy. Well, here you go. Somebody, well, they, they got the he- the heavy in competitive. The yeah. videos out there. <laughs> it's so cool. It's insane. Yeah, and uh, they were quickly. Blizzard was quickly to. Uh, once that movie went around, you hot fix it on a service site and make sure that nobody can play a heavy the, anymore. The video uploader was a uh, was playing Arissa, and it's scary because they were playing a comp match. Yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> that is like terrifying. Like, what do you do at that point? Like, um, let's build around this. Or... I guess the only thing <laughs> they could do record the image and show the world. Exactly. <laughs> I need my refunded uh, SR back, Blizzard. Oh, they didn't even refund it when it was their mistake. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think any refunding was going on there, but uh, (laughs) it was awesome to see. It was really uh, a funny exploit, but I have no clue how they did it. I think some people know. It's over and done with. So that kind of roundups the news of the week. It has been... Have got time for one more piece of news? Is it personal? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Um... So, the devs have been talking about the Symmetra rework again. Um, small update. She is being reclassified <coughs> in a defensive <coughs> role. Yay! Yeah. I mean, so what? I don't play Symmetra. <laughs> <laughs> she is set to be played even more defensively than she already is. Good, yeah. I've always thought she should be defensive. <laughs> we all did, indeed. It's something we, that we discussed uh, plenty of times. But nothing was worse than when, like, you know, you pick a Symmetra at, like, a Mercy, and everyone's like, we don't need two supports. And I'm like, Symmetra's not... Just, no, just get over yourself, yeah. all Tonto. Right. let Symmetra heal you then. <laughs> okay. Have yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, it took him long I, enough to uh, decide that. I can agree with that decision. See, I'm glad you brought that change up. That made my day a little bit better. Yeah. Aw. I mean, it's still a mucus-filled day, but hey, every bit helps. Yeah. There's some light on the horizon. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to see those changes, actually. If they really finally agree that she's defensive, then they'll be going full out on the defensive part, and yeah. that could be an awesome addition. She has some really unique skills that could uh, work gel really well with defense. We've been saying for ages that we need a new defensive hero, so... I know. That's the way to do it. Just... Changes the category. So next time we say we need a new tank, they'll take Brigitte and put her in the tank. Yeah. Remove her heels. <laughs> <and> just... <laughs> yeah. We joke about it now, but let's watch that PTR in like six months. You never know. Je- Jeff Kaplan's yeah. a sneaky guy. <laughs> the sneakiest yeah. of all men. And let's be honest, <laughs> a lot of the Brigitte players don't realize that they can heal. 
just like to smash stuff with your flail. Oh, I know. Accidental, yeah. at least that accidentally <coughs> healing. Accidental healing, yeah, indeed. I like accidental releasing. I think that just makes that, that makes us uh, makes it a, a nice roundup of the whole new section. Thank you, Hannah, for that. Yeah. All right, but we have a guest, of course, this week, and we just don't bring in guests to talk about news, but we want to talk about what they're doing. Grayson, I'm, I'm going to let tell you about. Oh, my English is going haywire again. Thank you, Mucus. It's okay, um, Mucus Brain. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Go for it, please. Okay. Hi, Grayson. Hello. Hello. So, first of all, tell everyone who you are. I, uh, well, I'm Grayson Peters, everybody, and I run Lupin Productions, and uh, we, we're a film company, and we've also done a couple uh, Overwatch fan films that we're pretty proud of. Yeah. They're amazing, by the way. I love them. Um, yeah, they're really you're, great. You're very, you're very kind. How much, uh, how much is Deep paying you to say that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so a lot of people might sort of know your films, but not know who you are. Um, so if anyone's seen like the, the really sort of high production quality, uh, Mercy film Heroes Never Die, and of course their newest one, ah, that came out in February, uh, about <laughs> Widow. That's them. This this is the man responsible for that, that genius. That's us. Well, I, I don't know about that, but I appreciate it. And that, that actually happened a lot at conventions, too. I, I took um, one of our new new suits, actually, to a recent convention uh, uh, near Tennessee. And when people are like, oh, man, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just I run this little company, blah, blah, blah. Like, we did, like, a couple of Overwatch films. And there's always, like, that one person who's like, oh, you did the Mercy one. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Oh, you like that cool mercy that's out there? Yeah, I love that company. You like them? <laughs> um, so great. Grayson, oh. did you did you play Soldier 76? I actually did. Um, oh. I So I, I, I wrote and, and directed uh, the new one, Shadows, which is 30 minutes, as opposed to the Heroes Never Die one, which was about 10. Uh, actually, less than 10. We had, like, you know, credits and an end song and whatnot. But... Uh, the mask was incredibly uncomfortable, and it would like it, it cut into my nose. And it left like a, a gash in my cheek. Actually, it was hot. It was like rain. Everything else. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> I'd feel bad by even paying someone else to do this role, especially all the stuff I want to make them do. So I I work for free for myself. So I decided to go. Uh, I bleached my hair and then dyed it gray, um, and suited up. And yeah. I played seventy six. That way, I didn't feel as bad about making myself do stuff for ten hours a day. Aww, <laughs> sir, you are a badass for that. Yeah. Absolutely, it, that's dedication to your trade. Like, if you dye your hair in gray, you know that you're uh, you're in it for well, the long haul. It's it's a it's a thing we like to do, which we can touch on later. But uh, everything we do at, at Lupin, when it comes to fan films or otherwise, uh, we want like as authentic as experience as we can. And so when we, like, bring these characters to life, we're like, we don't want to do wigs. Uh, we don't want to do anything that seems like it'd be artificial or fake. We want people to actually believe, like, it's really there. Um, so I was like, yeah, it's got to just bleach all the hair and everything else. And it, it's longer than it is in the game. And I don't have his receding hairline. Maybe that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good take. But well, it's, it's, you know, some of it's kind of further back in lore-wise, so... Well, and, and we call him Nomad76. That was our term <laughs> for him. So he, he looks like a dude just on the move. We gave him a backpack. Uh, uh, people really like the scarf. 
that was a nice uh nice that people were really digging it so i know um yeah we really wanted to give him this appearance that he's just always on the move i mean he lives in like just that really awful like hovel or or whatever it'd be called just all that crap just everywhere um like old pieces of equipment and windows are broken out it's raining and um you can see like he's he doesn't really have access like bright blue nascar jackets um and stuff like that so he's He's definitely a little worse for wear. Oh, man. This is, you know, um, during, like, I mean, one of the things that I, I really loved was just how awesome the Widowmaker just, like, it looked so authentic. Like, like yeah, indeed. I know. Well, and, and thank you. That's a testament to our lead actress, Rachel Rogers. Um, you know, we're, we're in Nashville, Tennessee, and so we're not known for being just, like, this hub of international culture so finding someone who had like even a little bit of experience with french was very helpful and uh on top of that she she was such a go-getter whether it was choreography she spent uh over five months uh, doing ballet choreography and fight scene choreography uh with with wow. real quick yeah we we actually brought like some of the best choreographers available to us in nashville to work with her uh, so the fight scene and everything, I mean, that was rehearsed for a long time, and we had to do a lot of the fight scene blind. I know I did. I, I couldn't see out of that, that visor. So we, we made sure we could do this stuff blind, and we're like, you know, it's we, we want to go the extra mile um, and deliver just this very authentic experience. If you notice in the film, CG is very much kept to a minimum. Yeah. And now if we were doing, you know, a major motion picture or like a fully funded like television show like obviously you'd want to have more of the the aesthetics of overwatch and you put in like the cg city and more ships flying around and widowmaker like grappling hooking and things like that but with the budgets we're working with and everything else we're like you know if we try to pull off widowmaker like grappling hooking to the top of a building or something you're just not going to believe it it's not going to mm-hmm. look natural it's not going to look right so we're like let's do the things that we we can show her doing um and things like you wouldn't necessarily think about uh for example when the 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 soldiers are all kind of getting killed by her we're like it's scarier that you don't see her um and so we filmed it completely from the perspective of the soldiers rather than her which uh, allows for her to be scary which i believe you know widowmaker was designed to be kind of a a scary lethal character and then two uh well two another reason why we actually keep a lot of focus as you guys may have noticed, there's other characters not involved with Overwatch uh, in the film. We keep the focus on them sometimes to allow these heroes to still be bigger than life, um, to still like make them the heroes from Overwatch we love and know. Because if we see them like around a coffee table, just like you know, reading the morning paper, they're not as cool. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like we don't want to see how they how they do everything because then that will kind of ruin the mystique. Uh, and that kind of larger than life picture we have of them. So, uh, but but Rachel Rogers really really did a lot to bring Widowmaker to life, and uh, everything from the makeup uh, to the performance was all geared towards this transitional phase in the Widowmaker story. Uh, she wasn't quite Widowmaker we see yet, so her skin looks kind of weird, and it's in this transformation stage, and she's not quite this emotionless weapon yet but as you see in the film spoilers not going to be given um (laughs) as you see in the film it's like there are plot points we thought would be interesting to watch is it's almost like talon is forcing her to tie up loose ends uh with her own transformation nice it was so good (laughs) 
Yeah. I and keep I just, saying it, but like yeah. the work that you guys have done is so impressive. Well, we we love we love video games, obviously. Like, believe it or not, though, uh, about a crew of you know uh, on a on a big shoot day or something, we'll have fifty or sixty people on set, uh, which is huge. I mean, that's like a full fledged television show, and only about four of us actually play Overwatch. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, I, I play on a daily basis, and then a couple of our producers do. Um, but really, a lot of the crew, and I don't think any of the actors actually play Overwatch. Which was interesting, um, but it also allowed them to see it from a different perspective. Yeah, they could bring to life something that, let's say, a diehard fan necessarily wouldn't think of, um, mm-hmm. which allows us then to appeal to a, a broader audience than simply just the fans. But we wanted to start doing this stuff to prove that video game films can work. Um, you know, we've we've been pretty disappointed over the years with recent outings. Um, yeah. I may be opening up a can of worms here, but whether it's Assassin's Creed or, you know, God forbid I say the the, the Warcraft movie, um, <laughs> you know, people weren't as thrilled with them. Um, and in China, they were really popular, but yeah. Yeah, in China, the, China's like the, the biggest market for a lot of that stuff, but even then it's starting to kind of, uh, you know, people kind of want something different. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, like, Assassin's Creed really took me by surprise. I'm a big fan of the games, and then I watched the film, and I thought, okay, that was all right. And then I played the most recent game, and you find out that everything that happened in that film is canon. Oh boy! Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it well, and it, it's interesting. You know, everyone thinks that you need all this more flash and substance, and I'm more of a, a minimalist, I guess you could say. And it kind of comes across in the films where less is more. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of the Dark Knight trilogy. Christopher Nolan, who's like my personal hero. And one of the cool things he did with Batman that we want to emulate and show can can be applied to video games is he didn't bring the universe of Batman to life because that doesn't translate well. I mean, this is a guy in grave spandex fighting monsters and aliens. Um, But you can bring the character of Batman to life and you can place Mm -hmm. him in a city like Chicago or New York, which is basically what Christopher Nolan did. And then it worked. Um, and that's kind of what we to do with, with Overwatch is we can't bring all the facets, at least not on our current budgets, of Overwatch to life, but we can bring the base elements of these characters to life, which is what's really cool about it. Yeah. You don't, you don't try and do like too much. And then what you do do, you do really well. <laughs> well, thank you. We, we, <laughs> we, we kept our hero count down to a minimum. Yeah. Um, there are some references in there, you know, 76 is asking where Reyes is. Uh, we dropped the name like Talon. Uh, Volskaya was mentioned. Um, believe it or not, our our Omnic spoiler, our Omnic getting hacked <laughs> is like a subtle allusion to Sombra. There's actually a uh, it got left kind of on the cutting room floor, but we were gonna have a skull shaped device and that looked like Sombra's little symbol that she Widowmaker was gonna place on the back of Elway's head. But due just to time constraints and everything else, we're like, nah, nah, we'll just you know maybe Sombra just gave it to her at some point and Widowmaker can do what she needs to. Um, but we had like all sorts of little references, but we want to keep the hero count to a minimum so that way you can get more invested in these characters. And, um, and that's the way we also want to do future projects as well. Yeah. That's the beauty of where you guys in your approach into the film that you guys took was that most video game movies try to emulate or replicate that (coughs) video game experience, but it's too much in such a little amount of time that you guys just went on a different narrative and just did the, the Widowmaker thing. 
I think the problem with all the video game movies is, is that video games is a different medium. It's a personal experience. You're moving in a world that is set, but you're living your story in that game. And even exactly. if you have linear games, you still have your own story in there, like an Assassin's Creed or whatever, or let's just say The Last of Us, which is really story-driven step-by-step. You really get taken through the whole story. You still have that personal experience there, which translates really hard to a movie. And I love the way that you guys, with because of budget restraints, but also because it's it's I, I, like a sense, it's a, a vision. It's something. Um, even if you had a lot of money to do all this stuff, that would still be there. Is to try not to copy that experience for everybody individually, not to try and capture that, but to try to fill the the gaps that are there. Like we know. For Overwatch, for instance, a lot of people are asking to see more lore and they want to know the story. And now that's like a huge opening, a huge gap that is still there. And you're you're just making your own thing in there because you have plenty of room combined with the fact that you have to make some really hard decisions. Um, I think it's a unique vision. And and I totally agree. Like the, the Batman uh, movies uh, from uh, Nolan's movies are my favorite movies too, just because they don't focus on the, I love the, the, the old movies like that were Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so fun, but oh yeah. yeah, they're fun and they're visually really appealing. But, but when it comes to that Batman feeling, that dark, sinister, that uh, troubled figure that uh, is really uh, constantly battling with himself, Nolan just captured it so, so beautifully. Um, and I love those approaches. Those are the things that I enjoy most. He, he did a wonderful thing with that, and we tried to take that same concept uh, and apply it to Overwatch, not just for the sake of doing it for Overwatch, but showing that video game films are viable. They, mm-hmm. they can't work. Don't um, give up on the idea yet, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we, got a, um, we were a little nervous at first because we kind of really changed the look of Widowmaker. Uh, we kept some aesthetics the same, but I mean, she's wearing a completely different suit. And we took a lot of inspiration from the Batman stuff because we realized if I want people to believe in this character and to sympathize with her and to be scared of her, I can't show her in like a pink and purple latex outfit with a V-neck <laughs> down to her belly button. Yeah. Um, you're not going to believe really it. Re- now that you say it, actually, I like when I first saw her outfit, <coughs> Place it. Did you take a lot of inspiration from Catwoman in Nolan? In we the- a little bit. Um, well, actually, we did was we looked at the Widowmaker talent skin, and we looked at the ah, bottom of like the, okay. the 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 pants and said, "What would that look like as a full figured suit without like the midriff showing and stuff?" Yeah. So she she's actually wearing a harness that's very similar to the talent skin, and you'll notice. Uh, especially in some of the pictures, which we'll probably release some more behind-the-scenes pictures here soon. Um, we'll, uh, uh, you'll see some details like around the chest where there's these almost fangs coming out from under the armor to look kind of like a spider's mouth. Um, and we still left like the signature uh, tattoo in the back still showing. One, just because that's very much a part of her character. People are used to seeing it. Um, and the way we kind of figured it lore-wise is maybe there's like a, a tracking chip or something there in the middle of the tattoo that has to be exposed so Talon can keep tabs of where she is or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we always try to find a good science like, real reason why they're dressed the way they are. Um, I think the biggest change, and, and maybe something I would do differently for next time, 
Uh, we have like the boots. Um, she has much different boots in this in our, in our film than she does in the game, but that's just because if you can't move in in those boots at all, if you took them like like a cosplayer, if you took them straight from the the source material, so we gave her just very comfortable combat boots, and that way she could kick and do all the cool things you see her do uh, in the film. You know, somersaults and grabbing onto stuff. And, yeah. Uh, so we realized after watching the Nolan films how they redesigned the bat suit that you know people do respond well to some subtle changes. Uh, we also took some notes from the first one. We tried to keep the Mercy suit and Heroes Never Die very close to the game because we did some changes to Widowmaker and we didn't want to throw too much at fans. And that was actually something a lot of people were, were pointing out was like Mercy looks kind of weird next to like these authentic looking soldiers. So they it was a nice example of showing that fans were receptive to some new ideas and to some nice changes to the characters. Yep. I do have one question, Mr. Soldier 76. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Was that your real voice as Soldier, or did you have some sort of voiceover? I um, I actually did that voice. Wow, um, impressive! That was we, and that that was not supposed to be me. Actually, we went through four different voice actors. Uh, one was in the UK, one was in LA, and I think two were in Texas. We just couldn't find the right fit, so I just got behind the camera. Uh, I mean, got behind the microphone, and <clears throat> hold on, let's see if I can do it. I just kind of decided to pull it off on my own. It's just what we do. Um, wow. But, uh, was, <laughs> nah, uh, that was probably really bad because I'm like sick right now. But we practiced it for a while. And, <laughs> well, that I, I really tried to do the voice there and, and um, wanted to capture more of a weary character. Than you see in the game. Um, he's not so much like the old man telling everyone what to do. He's more of this guy who's just really tired. The weary nomad. <laughs> the, yeah, he's he's the weary nomad. Like, he's this dude who's had everything stripped from him. Everything's gone. He's tired of running. He's tired of fighting. And the only thing he's left hanging on to is this extreme aggression and hatred uh, for Reyes. And so when he's fighting Widowmaker, when you see some of that rage, which was kind of controlled... Uh, if we get to do more films, you'll get to see why. He wasn't intent on killing Widowmaker, but you get you get to see this rage kind of come out of him, and that's not directed at Widowmaker. It's very much directed at, at Reaper. Um, but he knew that Widowmaker was the way to get to him. Yeah. So we, yeah, I, I just got behind the microphone. I was like, well, I want to show this really tired, different approach uh, to 76. I'm glad people really liked it. It was It was nerve-wracking. I thought people would hate it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, are you doing another Overwatch film? Well, we we have a couple things in play right now. Um, it The main reason we did these films was to uh, show that video game films do work, and then also to kind of show what, what we're capable of doing at Lupin Productions. Um, you know, these films don't make money, um, but they certainly cost money. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have some private investors who really believe in what we do, and uh, our executive producer, Mary Dawson, we'll have to see. It'd probably have to be through a Kickstarter um, or like Blizzard would have to give some sort of acknowledgement or something um, in order for us to justify doing more. I We do have a script. I do have the characters in mind. We have their uh, first concept art actually came in about uh, a month ago. Ooh. And yeah, we got the location, everything. And it's um, longer and there's more characters in this one. But it still has a very, very heart, 
heartfelt driven story that's more like geared towards the present day Overwatch than it is the past, which is what's really cool about it. Um, and I guess that's not really a secret. If you guys want to know the the characters we're looking at doing are uh, McCree and uh, and actually Sombra. Oh wow! And, nice. And we wanted to show this kind of um, the 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 story is this post fall of Overwatch McCree um, dealing internally with a lot of the repercussions of what um, Reyes made him do when he was in Blackwatch. Um, and we like the idea that Blackwatch did some pretty nasty things, uh, much more nasty than you see in Retribution and more like kind of a, uh, a sinister real world stuff where they, they hurt a lot of people. Yeah. And, and McCree being kind of the good guy he is or wanting to be the good guy, you know, he followed orders, but that stuff messed with him. And so he's kind of gone into, into seclusion and living as like a real cowboy. You know, he just kind of lives in this middle of nowhere, um, keeping to himself. And all of a sudden a ship crashes nearby and out pops Sombra and she's been been wounded. She's been on the run from Talon. And that's kind of how we want to show she got involved with Talon. It wasn't just like, oh, hey, you want to join our terrorist group? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, we like the idea that, that Talon actually like forced her into doing this. And along the way, you get to see this really cool relationship build between them. Not like a lover relationship. Because I think, you know, there's probably about like 20 years between them, mm-hmm. but more like this almost father-daughter relationship where no one's ever really treated her right. And she's in a very vulnerable place. She's wounded. There's no technology around. Uh, she's out of her element. So she's not, you know, she doesn't have the one up. And meanwhile, McCree is actually learning to care about somebody else for the first time in years. Um Aww. And it goes really well until uh, Talon shows up at the end, and that's about all I'll say. <laughs> Did you get your inspiration from this from the uh, <clears throat> comic? I think it was in. I, I actually I've seen drinking in the same bar. Yep, um, I actually didn't read all of that comic. Believe it or not, I know, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, um, I wanted to know if you guys come across any complications with the lore. Speaking of the comics, <laughs> that like. Maybe some of the things weren't in the, you know, like, because Overwatch is very candid sometimes about releasing too much information. So do you guys ever just come across like, "Mm, maybe we shouldn't go there or let's just go there and see what happens? There are a few times I will say when when we were filming Shadows and whenever I saw something else that quote unquote was lore related coming out. My heart skipped a beat because I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're going to do something that completely destroys what we're or working on right now, I just know it. Because, um, you know, Overwatch retcons their lore just about every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, bless their hearts, but uh, it, we try to be very careful and put them in, in a time period, a timeline, and environments that wouldn't affect the rest of the story. Um, even if, like, changes did happen. For example, Heroes Never Die is, is probably the, the best picture I can get for this one. Um, we don't really say where she is, where Mercy is, or what's going on. Uh, it's clear that, like, Talon's fighting them. Uh, but if it takes place before Winston puts out that call, I mean, she's just trying to be, you know, Dr. Ziegler, not so much Mercy. And it could still fit in with that timeline. Same thing with Shadows. We wanted to give this very isolated approach to where it wasn't around a lot of big events. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clear that 76 is on the move, so he was there in that location, for all we know, two months later, he's where, um, uh, uh, you know, his short takes place. Uh, in fact, actually, 
We did not have time for this. I will say another scene that they hit the cutting room floor uh, was actually going to be a post credit scene, and we were going to show Widowmaker in more of her traditional suit. Um, but it was gonna, it was still gonna be all black. It was gonna look more like the new wheat skin, but you see it kind of from the back and the voice, the voice of Talon, what we call it, uh, was telling her her next mission was in London. Um, and it was gonna set up her short alive. Oh, nice. So we do want to make sure that this stuff is, uh, are uh, the stories we tell are contained enough that lore wouldn't affect them, but also right. could could also be a part of it. Yeah. There are a lot of gaps uh, in, in the Overwatch story. So that's what we try to kind of shoot for. Nice. That works really well. I love the way that you really, you have a, a really good idea of what you're doing. That's really clear. Have you had contact with Blizzard? Have they in any way acknowledged what you did? Well, um, and this always gets a little scary saying this, I guess, but uh, no, no, they, uh, they've never said anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they know about it, but I think I was thinking before because you was you said like for our next next project we have two options we do it via crowdsourcing or uh, Blizzard should acknowledge us. I think they're really careful in 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 that sense. Yeah, we all know the. I, I don't know if you know the whole story about the whole Warcraft movie and how that came to be. I heard an interview with with um I can't get his name the director. Come on, Davy Bowie's son. Oh yeah, and I know you're talking about yeah. Uh, he talked about it a little bit in, uh, I think it was the Nerdist podcast or IDAT, how it's called now today. Um, there was a really complicated process, uh, especially the cooperation with Blizzard and their vision on it. I think uh, they're really careful with what they support and put out, but I'm pretty sure that they, they've seen it and enjoyed it. Um, let's just hope that one day you get some, you get a signal or at least someone acknowledges the great work that you do and and we'll see and thank you for saying that and um it's actually worked out the way you want to i can't say any names right now or kind of what's going on but shadows has opened up uh some new projects with um uh certain developers mm -hmm. wanting some of their products now having uh stuff made on them Ooh, um, congratulations well we're we're pretty stoked, and um, I can't say everything yet, but one of the things we might be doing, uh, the first step might be shown at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, but we'll see. We're, we're kind of playing it very easy right now, and uh, this also because Lupin is, is opening up a new venture that we haven't kind of publicly announced yet, but uh, uh, we're, we're going to be working on something here. We're, we're kind of quiet on our Instagram channel and our social media channels at the moment because we're cooking up something pretty big. And, and we want to open up with a bang. So we, I, I personally would love to do another Overwatch film, um, especially with the script we've got. People seem to uh, really respond well to the story that we have planned. We have others as well. <coughs> uh, believe it or not, I have a 13-episode treatment for like a live-action series. It's how it kind of got started. Um, <laughs> we, Happy we, powering noises. We, well, we, we, we never expect... Blizzard to call, but we were like, well, if they ever do, let's one day be prepared. We'll just so, slap this in their face, like, yeah, we've already got some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, it, it's a pretty good treatment. And um, even Blizzard themselves said Overwatch works better as a TV show than a feature film. Yeah, they do. And, and so that's kind of the, the, the principle of it. Uh, the Widowmaker film we just did, Shadows, 
was based off of one of those episodes where um, we had a really cool story actually taking place in a city. And it was a detective following a string of assassinations and murders and was slowly piecing it together that it was Widowmaker um, until one day he gets a little too close. And uh, all the episodes are kind of self-contained, almost like a Black Mirror style. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they do have like a plot thread that's going through all of them. And there's some really, really cool elements. It's like what Talon's up to. What are they doing? Um, a lot of stuff from Shadows actually was uh, cut, not only like from the script, but also like we had deleted scenes as well. The plane conversation, who that Talon operative was, uh, was talking about some some of the stuff we cut. He was talking about some more of what Talon was actually planning. Um, and that plays into this larger overarching thread that if we do any more Overwatch films, it's going to continue to play on. Let's hope so. I've heard a lot of voices, people asking for a, a Netflix type of series of Overwatch. So. Uh... If you keep working at this at this rate and with this quality, one day maybe. Well, we're 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 hoping, um, but we we just love what we do, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, this is especially where we are in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, we're known for country music, and uh, certainly around town, uh, we're all really excited that local filmmakers here we're we're working on something that's cool and hip and edgy, and um, people really respond to it and. Uh, every project we want to grow and get better. So all the complaints we heard from Heroes Never Die, you know, I I read every comment uh, on that. It's up to like 1.3 million views now. It's our first film we ever uploaded on our channel. And uh, I read every comment, every good, bad one, toxic one. Uh, Same thing with Shadows. I read every comment and I'm like, what are are they saying? What are they responding to? if you sift through the toxicity every now and then you'll find some actual gems of, uh, of not just praise, but, uh, of some nice constructive criticism. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is we want to listen to what they're saying because these are the people that would be tuning in. We want them to tune in. Um, uh, I think the biggest hurdle we're facing right now from us doing another overwatch film is, is actually YouTube itself. The new algorithms have not been uh, very helpful and, Especially with a 30-minute film, it just doesn't share it. Yeah. It doesn't get out as as, as much. and um, But that's all right. Like I said, Shadows has is, is opened up a lot of doors in other areas that we are so excited to, to hopefully get to tell you guys about here soon. There's some really right. cool stuff happening. <laughs> well, you heard it here first on Omnipost. Exactly, yes. you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just looking when Comic-Con is in San Diego, and apparently it's just after my birthday. So, uh Ooh. The day, the day after my birthday, I'll be checking in on your big news and the thing that you're you might be announcing there. Uh, really looking forward to that. Exactly. Well, we're 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 hoping it all works out. We're in some finishing stages, and uh, obviously dealing with with uh, clients and stuff. We we can't talk all about it, but of course, of course, as far as what as far as what Lupin does though, and um and some of our joint venture stuff we're going to be doing here. We're we've got some stuff cooking. Um, including at, at the very least some new Overwatch looks. Uh, just because we don't make a film doesn't mean we can't make a suit. So yeah. <laughs> we, I know one of our, our big things is we want to get back to redesigning Mercy and show kind of uh, what we call the, the proto-Valkyrie. That's something we're working on right now is showing like what the suit looked like while she was making it. And it's going to look kind of like a Iron Man, like Mark I kind of thing. Oh, nice. All right. 
Well, I think we're all really looking forward to whatever you're going to do in the future. Uh, Definitely. Some, yeah, some exciting <laughs> stuff. It's always well, great to see people from the, the, the fan base, like the community, growing, doing stuff, have that passion and make it into something amazing that everybody can enjoy. I'm a really big fan of those things. Well, and you guys will know about what we do first. We we love uh, we love your spots that you've done on us before, and we love uh, reading all your updates, and uh, we follow all your channels. So we we love getting to to hear feedback from you all, and um, you best believe as soon as the next Overwatch project starts up, we'll be sending you guys some concept art to hear what you think about some stuff. Awesome, awesome. we love you yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Grayson. You really killed it. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much, guys. It's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I right. hope you all have a, a a great rest of the day. Hopefully, mucus free. Yeah, you too. We're going to do it, but yeah, yeah. I think we're all in the same boat. Let's all just get healthy. Grayson, thank you very much. I'm going to let yeah, you cough. leave because you had an hour, and you've been talking about a, 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 even a half hour longer than that. Uh, thank you very much for being here and sharing all this with us. Absolutely, guys. Anytime, and uh, best of luck. Have a great one. Talk to you soon, man. Bye. Bye, Bye Grayson. Take care. Bye. All right. So I think uh, that was a really nice interview. Yeah, what an awesome guy. Yeah, we're doing some awesome stuff. But LP, I think it's your moment to shine, man. We're going over to the eSports news. All right. Welcome, welcome everybody to the esports section. This is Omnic Esports. So, guys, we got some pretty cool stuff. Did you guys hear about the new customizable jerseys? Or did yes! I hear about it? Our Discord <laughs> server exploded with suggestions and things they wanted to do. Our crew members have been asking me to get some Omnic Post jerseys, and now they, they found a way to get it done in another way, so I'm happy for them. But remember, no, no naughty you're stuff. No, you're not getting out of it. <laughs> we're still having those jerseys yes that we definitely should but uh i know that uh into the am.com didn't allow anybody to put any naughty stuff in there so you know you got to be a little bit respectful did you try lp is that the way you found out <laughs> what right, did listen, you try guys, come on how's everything you guys say is so like on point <laughs> but um yeah so i'm hopefully looking to get some a a nice little Florida Mayhem jersey down the line, maybe LP or Lons Ponds, whatever you guys think. I don't know. Maybe suggestions in the comments. Yeah. But well, what would your guys say? Uh, uh, of course, mine would say on Nick Post. That would uh, be would silly for me not to do. D full stop. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel if like I would... you'd have to have the full stop though. It's just yeah, a part indeed. of your name. Is. <laughs> But if, if I'm going to spend money, which for us Europeans is double the amount that you guys pay in the States, do you hear the sigh on the other side in London? <laughs> she the agrees. Pain. The pain. If if I would do that, it, it should it should just say on Nick Post, of course. So we can post and, and throw our name and tell everybody about us. But, um, it's free advertising, I suppose. Well, free is a big word there, but uh, you know well, what I'm Well, you get to. the jersey and then the jersey advertises for you. <laughs> True. It is a double function. It keeps me warm. And, um, well, I don't need to be kept warm. It's warm enough. What were your jerseys say, Hannah? Probably Hannah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Hannah Drake. I mean, I've not... <coughs> I've given everyone, like, super fancy titles on our Discord, but I haven't given one for myself. The closest I've got is 
news mogul, which you gave me like in episode three or something. <laughs> and it would be a London Spitfire jersey. Of for course it would. Yeah, we'd be going uh, Houston, so hurry up. At Houston. Yeah, I know. I know. I know that you know. Um, Florida Mayhem colors are pretty similar to the Belgian <clears throat> flag colors, so uh, no, true, no true. correlation there. <laughs> but um, yeah. all right, let's move on Did to one of the biggest. Big <laughs> oh, let's not go there, Hannah. <laughs> all right, you guys, let's go into the highlight match of the week so da, da, far. Da, 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 da. Bring the mayhem. <laughs> That's just evil. But I'm just clipping this. Clipping this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, it, luckily, we're hitting uh, a couple of your points here. Boston took care of the London Spitfire yesterday in a reverse sweep. All right. This, this is for you, Hannah, just for making fun of me. This was a pretty big, pretty big match. And I actually stayed up pretty darn late just to watch because I knew that London was going to bring some thunder. But unfortunately, they didn't. So Boston came from a 2-0 lead. I mean, from the, against the uh, London Spitfire. And this reverse sweep, I got to tell you, this was probably the single best game I've ever seen of the Overwatch League. It was went to the very last game map uh, on Oasis with... Both teams on the very last stage going 99 to 99%. Those matches are always so stressful. I always get a headache. I, my get, palms like... are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even the mayhem, okay, was playing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just an insane reverse sweep. And you know what they say, like, uh, the early bird takes the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. And Boston Uprising proves that they are that mouse you're the second mouse (laughs) and beating nyxl last week oh man this team is is going wild and today i believe they're gonna be going up against uh soul dynasty so three korean teams in a row what are we gonna see from them today yeah if they beat them they will be uh i think they will be going uh, in the weekly or the the stage standings they will be really high up yeah they're they're on top along with uh la valiant Contending for number one spot, so it's really, really interesting. And I gotta say one thing is, uh, their tracer player striker is hands down MVP in my book. Um, he's by far, I think, in my opinion, the best tracer in the league. And you can just see how passionate this team is together. Uh, Robert Kraft, being like the owner of the New England Patriots, one of the most successful football teams in the NFL, American football, that is. Uh, you can just see how they put together a team. You know, Tom Brady, the quarterback for the for the New England Patriots, is one of the most successful players in all of sports, in my opinion. And they, it just the Boston team, man, they just really know how to put it together. And one of the beautiful things at the end of the match that I saw was Stryker giving like a little, uh, like like a cry of relief at the end of the game when he was done. Like they, I don't even think that they even could believe how they just won that game. real passion there i mean i know it's against the spitfires but that's kind of (laughs) sweet bless them yeah yeah definitely right now our standings are as follows we have the los angeles valiant taking the number one spot right behind boston um 
is Boston. And then we have New York Excelsior on the number three spot. They have uh, four wins right now and one loss while Boston and Los Angeles sit currently with five wins. Then LA Gladiators at uh, three and two. And then that's kind of the stage playoffs cut off. And then everybody else is just kind of like trying to get there. I guess the teams that would be closest for that spot, which sit another at a three and two, would be Philadelphia, Seoul Dynasty, San Francisco. And that's pretty much it. Every other team yeah. is, uh, you know, looking to try hard. Yep. I'm really worried to see Houston at the eighth spot. On the other hand, London is below us. The ninth, I was so. going to say, babies aren't <laughs> doing very well. No, no. Yeah. That's the way it goes. One stage you're on the rise, the next stage you're on the rise. Um, but what? <laughs> <laughs> well, not to say that my mayhem's doing any better, but, you know. Yeah, mister. <laughs> All right, let's move on to. Are you guys ready for the big drama? one? <laughs> the drama in Dallas. Oh boy, this uh, this section is going to be called the culture shock. All right. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's getting kind of crazy out there. I think you know teams are still getting it. To, I mean, some teams have got it together. You know, being that they're a little bit different in culture than you know, like for example great example would be the uh shanghai dragons versus like who has integrated korean players into their chinese roster and you know like you don't really see a lot of complaints from shanghai yet dallas is over here you know having the like the syndrome of like let's get our like team together but they can't they have koreans they have you know some american players and then they have some french players and then they just can't get it together i don't know what's going on too much egos. Too many egos, right? Yeah. From and, management as well, I think. You know, the, the funny thing is that uh, Mike Rufel, who goes by the name of Hastro, um, he answered an AMA on Reddit. And this was like, people were asking, like, we're frustrated fans. Like, we just want to know what's going on. Kai Kai was released. Uh, Rascal, who we never really saw the potential of Rascal, you know, like he was one of the Korean players that just during due to the cultural fit was just not playing with the Dallas Fuel. And the reasons they gave based on his departure was that that they hope that Rascal could add flexibility to the DPS lineup. But unfortunately, his commitment to the team did not meet their expectations and willingness to communicate with the team while playing in recent matches became a large distraction. So... You know, it's really sad to to just see like a player that just came in and in now February. he's right, and he now he's a free agent, which I'm sure he's probably happy to leave the Dallas field. They weren't doing so. Come back to us, BB. Come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he will be back eventually. He said it on his own stream that he his plans are to get back in the Overwatch League as soon as possible. So who knows? Yeah, might be getting back to London. I have to ask this, Lons. Do you think, and excuse my language, that Castro's reasoning is bullshit? You know, the, <laughs> I'm gonna throw. I'm not gonna be a Dallas uh, player here and throw anyone under the bus, but I just think that Castro has a little bit too much involvement in the team as an owner, right? Um, I think that he's right now. You know, right now the, the team is kind of filled with a bunch of questions so i wouldn't be uh, opposed to calling bullshit on that <laughs> it's like haven't there been sort of 
not clashes, but drama around Fisher before, or am I making things up here? Uh, Fisher, you mean Rascal? Rascal, or, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so I think that one of the things is that obviously Rascal has the, he can't really speak English very well. So Mike, uh, you know, this is Mike Hastro having a little bit more communication with the other players. And I guess everybody sees Rascal as some sort of outcast. And this was said that AKM, you know, they, there was some recent drama that we've spilled in the last few podcasts about them kind of, you know, talking shit about each other as as teammates. And this is like very interesting. But AKM does speak English, so I'm sure he can tran- uh, he can communicate with Hastro a little bit more. So he, I don't know if he's saying anything bad against well, he's already been saying bad things about Rascal, but I don't know if he's like throwing any extra details in there. So I don't know. It's just it's really it's a really bad situation in Dallas to, to see how the, these players and the involvement that Hastro has had with the team, not letting Kai Kai have full reign, you know, yeah. which it's it's so sad to see. But, you know, I know the the, the fans have really stuck with Team Envious and now Dallas Fuel, which was Team Envious aren't even team envious anymore you know it's falling apart it is but um kai kai was also released for uh not producing results for the dallas fuel the official statement was given that uh we will always appreciate kai kyle's com- commitments to this organization he is a true competitor who coached our team through a great run and the contenders championship unfortunately we have not been able to replic- replicate that championship level of success in the Overwatch League this season. While we recognize many of the challenges Kyle faces with the Dallas Fuel, they were beyond his control. There comes a time when change is necessary for the team to move forward, and we felt that time is now. I want to say that I agree with your bullshit statement now, Hannah, because <laughs> if you listen to what they said about Rascal, it just sounded a lot more harsh. Whereas Kai Kai got a little bit, oh, you know, oh, man, you know, good luck out there, buddy. Well, Rascal got the, uh, yeah, you weren't willing to help us. Uh, so peace out, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. One of them sounds a lot more diplomatic than the other. My One opinions. of them sounds, you know, really harsh. and. Yeah, but I think that's kind of, if you, you have a coach that you've been working with for such a long time, how long has he been the coach of the team? Oh, since Team Envious, they've been yeah. I guess since yeah since Overwatch began. Yeah. So and he he made a ton of mistakes in the last few months. We talked about it a few past podcasts ago that um, that the way he intervened in some discussions and how he, how he publicly uh, was jumping in at some of these discussions that should be kept behind closed doors. He certainly made mistakes, but I guess if you've been working with him for so long. You are in a position that you will show him the respect that he deserves. While Rascal is someone they added in February that they they brought in with some expectations that has been apparently, according to what they're saying, difficult in communicating and getting him to do what they wanted him to do. So yeah, I guess that explains that. I, I think that. they should have been a bit nicer to Rascal. In yeah, that I agree. Statement. I agree. It shows some kind of pettiness, which is not okay for... Yeah, it does. It feels kind of petty, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From a human human, uh, level, you can understand where it comes from, but it's not professional. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, That is sad. 
that's one of the saddest things is we never really got to see, like I said earlier, the potential that Rascal could have brought to the team. Now, I'm going to bring a really quick fact up. Uh, this came from Winston's Lab Statistics. Uh, they, they basically said, uh, well, this is basically what was in the statistics, was that AKM, when they played against San Francisco Shock, dealt 400 damage in, a ma- in the match against, as Genji, Genji, by the way. Yeah. Against San Francisco Shock, 400 damage. That is like 14 shurikens, not even a dash damage. I don't even, you know, I'm surprised, like, I do this more is... than that as mercy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and AKM is a soldier player. He's a hit scan role. Rascal was meant to be that projectile flex. They're putting AKM on a role that he should not be playing. This is, and it took him three minutes to build up a Genji Blade. That's three minutes, guys. Three minutes to build up a Genji Blade, which got shut down after one kill. Ah, oh, man. That, that, this is a pretty Me heavy too, buddy. drama Me Dallas. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let, I, you know what? Let's let's go. Let's get at, uh, out of the drama in Dallas. It's it's just crazy. You know, there's so much going down. But yeah, uh, the co- it's been a building they, up for the last few weeks, and it's exploding, exploding for the moment. And they just need a focus goal, in my opinion. They need a focus goal. They need to re. They they need to use this season as a building, rebuilding of the team and foundation and confidence to get back into the zone. Just redirect the focus. Yeah, they just need to... I mean, I hope they do regroup and kind of get back into it. Because, like, it's not... I mean, I know some of it will come down to the players, but having, like, all this difficulty in management is not going to be useful for the players. And it's not fair on the players either. Well... Let's uh, just wrap it up there on the drama in Dallas. We found out some pretty cool news that the Overwatch League is looking to expand into the European market, says Commissioner Nate Nanzer. So, nice. Yeah, they were looking into getting some uh, other countries involved, such as Rome, Berlin. Uh, well, no, these aren't countries, but these are cities that they're going to be having. <laughs> Look at me. I was going to say. Well done. That's, American that's about as a... Yeah, that's about as American genius. as you can get. My my American <laughs> geography classes have taken into place, but yeah, <laughs> they're looking into getting some of these these EU markets involved. Uh, definitely looking into getting Spain, Italy, Germany, France, uh, and just getting them involved. Yeah. So it's gonna be pretty. Sick. Yeah, I guess I guess they're really focusing on uh, on the the European soccer football teams. Well, we call them football. You guys call it soccer. Um, Stupid. Because. Jesus. If we like it or not, like football is still the biggest sport here in Europe. It's like everything is football. It's absolutely huge. Like there's there's the World Cup that countries all over the world join in in, like every four years. Soon. But um, soon. But on top of that, we also have like our own European one. So we basically have country v country football every two years. Plus we have all our other leagues. And and so we've got like yeah. independent country leagues. We've got like cross Europe leagues. This is all separate from like the big country v country stuff. It's huge, right? And two, it's good because two things that we do of the European expansion is basically helping you guys out in a sense because now ah! the matches that always have been broadcasted far too late, you know, and prioritizing us essentially. 
now you guys will be able to watch some of your games. Good, so. because some of the matches are finished at like 8am. You know, it's kind of beyond staying up late and pulling an all-nighter. It's It's been really bad. Like, the first season was, was alright, but it's been worse since they made it even later. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's getting painful actually to follow all the games. So that will be a huge plus. But wait, I didn't finish my sentence before. So I said <laughs> the biggest sport that we have here in Europe, and we all went off like, yeah, of course, whatever, whatever you say, B. But those are the teams <laughs> that have the big dough, that have all the money to pay the twenty or thirty million that the Overwatch League will ask to have a team. So I'm thinking Barcelona, Madrid. Um, some Italian teams yeah, and like uh, Milan, millions just for an individual Rome. player. Yeah, they they have they, yeah they, they really pay a sh- shit ton of money yeah. for for a lot of Belgian players. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be yeah, she's looking it up. Oh. Yeah, we have a lot of of big football players in Belgium, but they don't play in Belgian teams, so I don't think Belgium will get be getting an Overwatch League. It would be anytime soon. So amazing though, I would love to. Although the the mayhem colors already cover that section, so. But they do, and they have a Belgian player, so... And we got the Belgian player. They're all halfway there. They are halfway there. Come on. But the, um, the commissioner, Nate Nanzer, also suggested the expansion into the, you know, into more Asian teams. Uh, but the details were a little bit sparse. And another interesting point here is that Brazil is a very, very interesting market for them. Uh, it has a huge fan base of Overwatch there. And also one of our famous heroes, Lucio. From there, who just received his Portuguese voice lines finally. And no specific number has been necessarily spoken of, but he did say several more will be joining in season two. Yeah, that, so that just sounds like it is, it is, but it sounds like a shit ton of more, more work for us. Like, <laughs> there will be a ton more games, there will be a ton more teams to, to, to keep in mind, a lot yeah. of players. It's awesome, looking forward to it, but I'm making notes. That we need to uh, expand on our esports. Okay, uh, so fun story. fact. Tell me. All right. Um, in August last year, the world record was broken for a single player being signed. This was Neymar from Barcelona was signed on by a Parisian team um, for drum roll two hundred and twenty-two million euros. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, translate that to dollars. Yes, please. <laughs> Look at this. Dollar. We have this. This is the best system we have. This is why we, we, we reach out to every audience, guys. You know? We do. Okay. $274 million for just one player. Yeah. And he That's gets about how much four- fo- like, football is worth over here in Europe. And he's getting forty million a year just to play for that team. So uh, there's some money in there. So they'll be the the first candidates to get a. If you want to know which European teams are getting an Overwatch League team, look at those teams. Really, (laughs) yeah, very important. All right, guys. I hope you guys are ready for this week's Overwatch League roundup. Let's get it. (laughs) All right. So in this week's roundup, we basically do. As we talk about the past matchups and the predictions. So if you will join us, we have the past matchups. On April 18th, we had the Los Angeles Gladiators face the LA Valiant in the epic Battle of Los Angeles. Now, if you guys saw this, there were some pretty damn cool plays made, such as when Fissure of LA Gladiators 
went and destroyed the pharmacy of LA Valiant and just took them out of the sky. Like this is a primal raging Winston going up at your face and completely bodying you. Man, poor yeah, agility. Getting killed by the monkey. Getting killed by the monkey, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was a pretty epic one. Uh, Valiant took that 3-2. Very uh, interesting. Definitely. Uh, and I think now they're up, actually, in the Battle of Los Angeles. 3-2-1, uh, actually. Yeah, they're, they just lost their lead today, but they were on the lead, like, till now for stage for stage 3. So it was it was predictable that Valiant was going to win, but still, it was awesome to see. Yes. Yeah. And then we had the Dallas Fuel versus the San Francisco Shock. Now, we did talk a little bit about earlier on AKM's Genji play, and how he wasn't doing so hot. Well, the team wasn't doing so hot. And they lost to the San Francisco Shock in a shocking manner. No pun intended. Uh, 4-0. Oh, pun intended. That was intentional. Of course, Don't Hannah. Lie. Do you have to point out the obvious? <laughs> yes, I do. For the sake of our dear listeners, they do not deserve to be lied to. You're right. You know, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And then we had the Shanghai Dragons versus the Seoul Dynasty. As was kind of expected, uh, Seoul Dynasty was just on top of their game a little bit more. Shanghai wasn't doing as much, but they tried their best, and Seoul Dynasty took the cake 3-1. So they got that one! That one little, uh, that one little map against the, uh, against the Seoul Dynasty. So Go babies! Go Shanghai. You know, it's very important that these teams can at least get maps, because at the end of the day, it's all about the map differentials. So Yeah. Yeah, and but I think we're so far in this season, together. yeah, I think that's the most important part, that they start practicing and just step by step take uh, take some advantage because when it comes to to the maps who are so far into the season that i don't think it will make any difference anymore but no but it is it's good, good to have them practice. practice yeah it is then we had april 19th we had the epic showdown between the houston outlaws these team and the florida mayhem my team <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah unfortunately florida looked like they were strong coming up in the first map taking volskaya but then Houston just came through and just pulled the rope all the way back home. 3-1 against the Florida Mayhem. Yeah. Yeah, I felt for you, man. The first, the first game, I was really like, oh, wait, what's happening here? And then, yeah, after that. I know, yeah, it really Houston. looked like they were going to... I was like, oh, are they going to do it? Is yeah. it going to happen? We pulled probably the Overwatch League's biggest C9 so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. that was, oh crap. I think one of the quotes yeah. from our Discord server was the hardest C9 ever. Really? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. That was from yeah. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. Well, moving on, we had the Boston <laughs> Uprising versus the London Spitfire. All right, so, <laughs> yes. No spoilers, babies. but I'm crying. <laughs> yeah again that big again. reverse <coughs> still <laughs> that big reverse sweep Boston just coming man and just taking the cake and I mean they, like I said they're they just coming through and sweeping these Korean teams you know half the roster is Korean and the other half is you know a mixture of like American players and some Europeans and they're just doing very well together so this definitely looks good for the integration of you know other players coming into uh, foreign teams I'm Dallas. feeling good. Dallas, <laughs> right. Team Envious, who's not even Team Envious anymore. So Integration, friendship, yeah, support. Speaking, yeah. 
They're doing it. They're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Big shocker came when uh, actually the Philadelphia Fusion and the New York Excelsior played right after. I thought that Philly was looking strong, you know, and this was actually the stage two finals. But Philadelphia yeah. Fusion just could not pull through. They tried their best putting Snillo and EQ in there. And Carpe, you know, Carpe is one of their biggest DPS players. I might even say one of the best DPS. Actually, I'm going to put him as my number one DPS player in the league. But unfortunately, just that being... escalated. Yeah. He's a <laughs> that escalated. Fishy. Yeah, he's... Carpe is so good, but unfortunately, one man can't do the job. But no. New York Excel, 3-2. Yeah. They did it again. I think Philadelphia... I think this is the beginning of a blossoming rivalry here, so... Can't yeah. Wait. Definitely. Yeah, but th then we have the games of today, of yesterday, rather, and then it's a different story. Right. This is uh this was a pretty shocking one. All right, can't it use is. it twice. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, we had the Philadelphia Fusion <laughs> and the San Francisco Shock. I did not expect this, but San Francisco beat the Philadelphia three-one. Nobody could have seen this coming. Nobody. That was really insane. Yeah. Nick was pretty happy though. That's a big team to beat, yeah. you know. He was Nick thrilled. <laughs> so big ups to you, Nick. I was actually cheering for your uh, San Francisco Shock. You know, I like to see them do well. They're one of the lower teams alongside the Mayhem, but now they're they're rising up in this in this play in this uh in these standings. So yeah, they even made it into the playoff uh, cutoff. So they're fourth now. Yes. Get to see them in the stage three playoffs. Woohoo! And then the watch party that I hosted, Lord of Mayhem versus the Shanghai Dragons. Ooh. Now, gotta be honest, the watch party was pretty hype here, and we were excited. Although sometimes Shanghai did look like this was a pretty strong team. Uh, fortunately, just Mayhem came through and just pulled the win. I'm happy, obviously. Obviously, uh, of course, a 3-1 victory for the Florida Mayhem, although the team afterwards did communicate saying that they had a few of the communication issues. You know, they weren't like super proud of that win because they just felt like it was a little sloppy. And I agree. I don't think this was the Mayhem's best performance. I think we just kind of got lucky a little bit. But Shanghai, I definitely see them pulling through. Ado, you're killing it on the Genji man. So keep doing your thing. Step by time, by the time. One step by one step. One step. Yes. Whatever. Step by step. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> well, now I was pretty uh, shocked on this one, and I can't even use this pun because this isn't the San Francisco shock. All right, I'm gonna use it three times in a row. But this, this was Boston Uprising versus the Seoul Dynasty. They went two to one. Man, Boston beating. Three Korean teams back to back to back. Taking all of the yeah. cake. Taking all of them cakes. All the cake. Yeah, they, they took the first spot in the, the, the stage um, ranking for the moment. So, well, the Valiant is playing right now. So that will depend. If, if London beats the Valiant, then we have a new uh, new leader in the, in the standings board for stage three. Yes. But... Uh, just the score on itself, two to one. When I saw the score, I woke up and I saw the score. I was like, something went wrong here. Someone made a mistake. Is this okay? Started refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> so two draw maps and then a two to one score. That that just it tastes like nerves, sweat, some tears, a lot of people being on the to the, the edge of your seat. But 
It must have been a thriller. You must have woke yeah. up in cold sweats because this was a pretty <laughs> late game for you. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't watch it. Uh, but I woke up in cold sweats anyway. <laughs> All <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving on from the cold sweats, we move on to today's predictions. Today we have the London Spitfire versus the LA Valiant. Come Let's on, get their predictions. Yeah, well, you know... Um, London hasn't been doing that great. That's because that's why Hannah has been crying so much lately. Yeah, uh, it's a serious dehydration <laughs> problem right now. Mm-hmm. I'm still keeping it to my early earlier prediction of one to four. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, I, I have my what I hope it will be and what I think it will be. Which would you like to hear? Both. Both. Yes. Okay. So I'm hoping like this is my. Could possibly happen, but probably won't hope, is that the Spitfires will win 3-2, they'll pull through, they'll be amazing, they'll find their magic spark again, and everything will be fine, and they'll win. (laughs) But Well, just, can I I quickly jump in? Yeah. Um, London won the first map. Yay! Go My baby ears. <laughs> uh, that's good. I actually, I was so they're halfway there. I want London to to Spitfire to win because uh, my girlfriend's also a big Spitfire fan, and uh, yeah, I just want to see the London Spitfire just like you said get their spark again. They they definitely belong up there, and just seeing them kind of like not do so good is making me root for the underdogs. So that they're, they're, they're too excited about the new house. they're decorating that's the problem they're too busy decorating their new house yeah time to hop back into scrims boys yeah but you know what if they win then we have Boston as a new leader which always is exciting to see so that something moves on the top so it would be good but I'm going to keep it with my previous prediction just to be be that guy just to be straightforward and I don't want it to be three one to LA, but I thought it might be. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. Let's wait and see. I'm gonna go. Oh, yeah, LP, sorry. Three one, three one, three one. London Spitfire up. Ah! Also, soon <laughs> hasn't been doing as hot from the LA Valiant. Okay. So there could be a little hope there, but let's move on to New York Excelsior versus the LA Gladiators. Now, this is a pretty big matchup. LA Gladiators is actually one of the top teams, I believe, right now in the uh, cutoff for the playoffs. Oh, no, no, no. They got just replaced by yeah. the uh, San Francisco Shock. My bad. Indeed. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's hope that um, I, I really want the Gladiators to kind of step it up a little bit. They are actually my preferred LA team. And um, let's see what they can do. I'm, I'm really hoping that LA Gladiators will pull through against the monster madhouse that New York Excelsior is. I'm going to go with a, let's go with uh, ah, 3-2. <laughs> let's go 3-2, going to game five. LA Gladiators, let's do this. Shields up. So you're giving it to LA? Yes, I am. All right. But this is a personal preference. I just kind of want them to do it. I don't, based on the statistics, I think New York's going to do it. But let's do this. LA. Yeah, I'm thinking the reverse indeed, that New York is going to take it. But it will be going to a game five because the Gladiators are indeed... Well, they just got bumped out of the, the, the top four today, so they're still really hot. Yes. But I'm giving it to New York just because I love statistics. 
All right, let's move on to the Houston Outlaws versus Dallas Fuel game, which will be the last um the last match of this week. So, let's get it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to root for my team like I have to. 4-0. Come on, boys, you can do it. Yes. In the Texas showdown, yeah, I believe it's going to be Houston that takes it. Uh Dallas I'll has been be looking fine. pretty sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be very surprised if they least. don't take it. Me too. Like, mm -hmm. very, very surprised if they don't take it. But we've been shocked before this week. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're using it four times now. <laughs> <laughs> we all have one credit to use, so you, you overused it, but we didn't. <laughs> all right, yeah. I, I, think, I think this is going to be an easy clap for Houston. I'm going to go 4 -0. Sorry, Dallas, but I, I really wouldn't put my money on Dallas right now in any shape or form. No. So. And it'll get Houston, Houston back up into the, well, the higher ends of the Yeah, the that's ranking. the thing. Like the out, I feel like the Outlaws have just got their, you know, their, their mojo back. I don't think they're going to stop now. Yeah. They've had the most difficult games in the first part of the stage. Yeah, so. they, they had some, some real trouble at the start of the stage. And now, you know, like they, they got that pivotal win again and i feel like they've been on a streak since so i'd be very surprised if they uh, dropped it now yeah yeah so uh, okay but we'll know in a few hours because yeah uh, the first game has started like i said the first map of the first game has been played i mean so everyone we'll feel free soon. to laugh at us because you'll probably know the results by the time you hear this <laughs> and you'll just be like ha! Yeah. losers losers well <laughs> that wraps up this week's roundup thank you guys for playing it's been real oh but we will what? play some more because you know what right after right after the sports we have the quiz we have a quiz we have a yeah. quiz now this week's surprise. quiz is going to be called skins all right Ooh. let's do this i'm gonna give you guys some i'm going skins. to predict i'm going to predict that i know all of them Okay. I'm going to go be really bold here now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give this uh, level like it. Two, out of, <laughs> 2 out of 5 in difficulty. So it should be pretty rel yeah. re relatively easy. Yeah, especially if I say that I know every one, every one of them, you'll, you know it's not a difficult quiz. It's like I'm the benchmark. See, I like right, my well skins, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this quiz underway. So I'm going to give you guys some nice little skin names, and you will match them to the corresponding hero. All right, okay. let's get ready. So we have Oni as the number one skin. Mm -hmm. We have Shiver right after. Mm -hmm. We have Heliotrope. Then yes. we have Ghoul. <laughs> after Ghoul, we have Lemon Lime. Ah. And we have Okami right after. And the last one will be Leopard. Let's cue the music. Ah, welcome back. Welcome back. Let's see what you guys have got. All right. So, are you guys ready for this? If you guessed Oni as Genji, you are correct. Woohoo! Woo 
If you guessed Shiver as Reaper, you are also correct. Yay! Heliotrope belongs to none other than May. It's the pink one. (laughs) (laughs) Ghoul belongs to the lovely Anna. I know this would have been a really nice one if you fell for the uh, Reaper. I was hoping someone would fall there. But... Uh, See, the no. problem is, I really like the ghoul skin for Anna. Like, ghoul and trike are my two favorites because they're so glowy and awesome. So, you weren't <laughs> going to trip me up with that. There you go. <laughs> oh, come. And the other day, I would, I would have fallen for that. Let's let, Like, for instance, if we did this yesterday, for instance, <laughs> I would have fallen for it today. No, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> well... Let's go. We have Okami belonging to our Hanzo. This is going to be exciting. You guys, Hanzo players, are going to have some pretty cool stuff coming up. So, I know. Yeah, wasn't there a fun fact about the Okami? What what the meaning was of Okami? Yes, I do have a fun fact. Um, so, Okami means both god and like great god and wolf. So that's the reason why that skin is called. Okami, because he's got the little wolf stuff. I wonder and if you mispronounce it slightly. Okami. It's a, it's a curry sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. So that's why he always has this little streak of curry in his mustache. I, I always wondered if that wolf is like real, or you just got that from like a secondhand shop. Peter would be all over you, Hanzo man. I know. <laughs> by the way, by the way, LP, I think you you skipped the lemon uh, skin. Did we? Oh, oh, lemon lime. <laughs> No, nah, let's do Blocked. this. Who does it belong to? Who does it belong to? It belongs to our lovely girl Diva. Yes. It's the it's the yellow one. After that, we have Leopard. Leopard belongs to our boy Doomfist. Also known yeah. as Doomfish, if you're like me and typo it every time you write about it in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Doomfish. That's good. Doomfish would scare the fuck out of me. Like, we're well, taking over the world. Alright, guys. One day, they, one day they'll have a fish that will be flopping over the payload. Like, uh, Doomfish skin That's really confirmed. a good impression. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, that wraps up this week's quiz. Thank you for participating. And that's it. Thank you for uh, for doing this again. Always nice to have a, a quiz. It it challenges us because we get lazy if we don't have a one of your awesome. We quizzes. do. We start slacking off. We don't put any effort into the website, but we have this uh, quiz and it brings us back. It puts us, you know, in the mindset. <laughs> yeah, we're all charged up for the rest of the week. We are. So yeah, surprisingly, guess... as as. You know, Omnic post, we uh, actually don't get to play the game as much as we'd like to because we love bringing this lovely content over to you guys. So, yeah, it helps us refresh our minds. It does. It does. It does. We need to be challenged. Talking of, I still don't have my um, arcade loot boxes for this week. Me neither. But I'm going to try it. (laughs) I'm going to. Tomorrow is Sunday. I'm going to try to do it on a Sunday. Sunday game day. It's going to rain here. Mm -hmm. It's going to rain here anyway. So. All right, but I guess that's it for uh, today. I guess we're done with the podcast. That has been a long one. Um, I think it's our longest episode ever, but we had an interesting guest. We had a lot to tell. So uh, it's it's granted that we make a long one. Thank you yeah. for sticking around. Uh, yes, yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you for sticking around. 
I would like to thank my lovely co-hosts, Anna. Anything you need to plug? Instagram, Twitter, Hannah McManor. You know where to find me. <laughs> do so, do so. And uh, LP? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lonsponce. And also, make sure you check out Chaos Crew FL on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Florida Mayhem Watch Parties if you're ever interested. Give us a check. Yes, do uh, make sure if you're from Florida, make sure to check them out. They always look so much fun. So far away from us. Yeah, it's we can't so go, fun. so you guys one, have to. One day, one yeah. day you will be. I one know, day, we will day. one day. Make sure to check out our website and our Instagram accounts. Keep an eye on our Twitch channel and um, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening. A nice review would be appreciated. Uh, it always helps us out. I hope to hear you or to see you all back again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.